the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever near. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. Brydenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message that you are about to hear will encourage and equip all who have ears to hear to be Christians clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. are told in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Apostle Paul wrote not only that concerning the source of the Word of God, but he also wrote in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 and 13, We apostles have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we apostles might know the things that have been freely given to us apostles by God. These things we apostles speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Let there be no doubt about it. The Apostle Paul believed that the words contained in our Bible is the word of God in whom there is no error nor lie. In spite of these truths, in this hour, I submit to you that in the ninth chapter of the Gospel of John, you will find five obvious, glaring, horrible mistakes. Let me be quick to say that these mistakes do not, in one iota, weaken my faith, diminish my trust, shake my confidence, or shatter my belief in the Word of God or in the God of the Word. To the contrary, 
These five mistakes reinforce my conviction every time I open the Word of God and read it, that every word contained in this book is the Word of Truth. So let me strengthen your faith, build up your trust, undergird your confidence, and increase your belief in the Word of God by sharing with you in this hour five mistakes in John chapter 9. The first mistake we read in John 9 is the mistake of the disciples. It is in the first two verses of this chapter that we read. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The Pharisees would make the same mistake later in verse 34 when they concluded that this man who was blind from his birth was born in sins. The mistake of both the disciples and later the Pharisees was believing a false doctrine floating around in their day known as the transmigration of souls, a doctrine that taught that the birth of anyone disfigured or handicapped or physically impaired was the result of some sin committed by that person in a pre-existent state of being. Of course, that doctrine could not be found anywhere in Old Testament writ, but what difference did that make? They had been taught that doctrine, they believed that doctrine, and they taught that doctrine. So that made that doctrine true regardless of what God may have said or not said about it. Not only that, but they believed in another doctrine that was clearly, clearly refuted by Old Testament writ. Ezekiel had written in Ezekiel 18.20, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. When Jesus' disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? They revealed their ignorance as much as did the Pharisees. Again, Old Testament writ clearly refuted their theology. But what did that have to do with anything? Not much has changed in the last several centuries. The denominational doctrine of original sin is nowhere to be found in either the Old or the New Testaments. But what has that got to do with anything, as far as some are concerned? If a doctrine is taught long enough, and believed long enough, that makes the doctrine true regardless of what the Bible has to say about it. Someone has said that the doctrine of original sin is the biggest lie ever pawned off by hell on the human race. Whether or not it is the biggest lie, I will leave to the doctors of law. But that it has produced a damning effect in Christendom, there can be no doubt. Babies are sprinkled because of it. Denominationalism is the result of it. People have gone to hell because of it. The world is lost and confused about it. And the New Testament church that Jesus built has bought into it because of its popularity and acceptance by the masses. 
It makes little difference what the Bible says about it. It is promoted, propagated, preached, and presented as truth by the radio and television big boys. So it must be true. When Jesus corrected the Pharisees' mistake by stating in verse 3 that this man was blind not because of the transmigration of souls and not because of original sin and not because of transferred guilt, they believed it anyway. Maybe Christ's disciples even questioned whether or not Jesus knew what he was talking about. What a mistake this was to ignore what Jesus said in favor of what was popular theology at the time. Not only does this chapter reveal the mistake of the disciples, but also this chapter reveals the mistake of the neighbors. After Jesus told this man born blind to go wash in the pool of Siloam, he went and washed and came back seeing. When he returned from the pool of Siloam on his own without a walking stick or a seeing eye dog, the word says the neighbors were divided as far as who they thought he was. Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He looked like the blind man who had been blind from his birth, but this man could see. They couldn't figure it out. When they asked the man himself, he told them, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. Many have come to Jesus blind and have left with 20-20 vision. And today there are some who react the same as the John chapter 9 neighbors. They cannot believe the change in the person who has met Jesus. It's the same person with the same pimples, the same warts, and the same moles. It's the same person with the same gray hair or with no hair. It's the same person, overweight or underweight. It's the same person, tall or short. But it's not the same person. He doesn't swear anymore. He doesn't drink anymore. He doesn't fight anymore. He doesn't go half naked anymore. The short, overweight, acne-faced, cursing, half-naked man is now a man of prayer, a man who reads scripture, a man who seeks souls for Christ, a man who attends all the assemblies of the church, a man who gives his money to the Lord's work, a man who now actually teaches and preaches the Word of God, a man who is at the Lord's Supper table every Lord's Day. He's the same person, but he's not. There are many persons in the Bible who, when they were in the presence of Jesus, were changed, transformed, made different, actually converted. And so it is today. Many have come to the cross of Jesus, they have come in obedience, have been immersed into Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and have received the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. They live in the same bodies, but they are not the same people. They are different. It is hard for neighbors and members of the family and co-workers to figure it out. 
But that is the way it is with a real Bible conversion. All that person can say is what this blind man in John chapter 9 said. I am he. Terrible were the mistakes of the disciples and the neighbors, but also terrible was the mistake of the Pharisees. After clearing up the matter with his neighbors, the healed man was brought to the Pharisees to give an explanation of what had happened to him. When he told them that Jesus had been involved and how he did it, they responded in verse 16, referring to Jesus, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. The Pharisees actually made several mistakes. They called Jesus a sinner. Of course he wasn't. But the Lord never makes anyone believe something they don't want to believe. The truth was he wasn't a sinner. But the Pharisees never let truth interfere with their own opinion or doctrine. Also, they said, Jesus did not keep the Sabbath. I suppose you could say their accusation wasn't a lie if you qualify it by saying, He didn't keep the Sabbath according to their own private interpretation and opinion of what the law said about keeping the Sabbath. Jesus spoke clearly in Matthew chapter 12 about the purpose of the Sabbath, where he and his disciples were picking corn while the Pharisees were picking knit. The Pharisees and those of their ilk have always been nitpickers. Jesus made it clear that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The real mistake among the Pharisees was their misunderstanding of the law. They knew what the law said, but had no idea what the law meant. And so it is today in the matter of keeping the Lord's day. We are shown frequently by apostolic example and church history that on every Lord's Day, the New Testament church observed the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. But theological revisionists among us today tell us that it either isn't necessary that we observe the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day, or that we can observe the Lord's Supper at some time other than the Lord's Day. Just like some of the Pharisees of John chapter 9 who thought Jesus broke the Sabbath while others wondered how he could be a sinner if he did such a miracle, and there was division among them, so is there division in the church over this matter of the Lord's Supper because of the mistake of not understanding the Scripture. We are not halfway through this chapter, and already we have seen three serious mistakes. The mistakes of the disciples, the neighbors, and the Pharisees. As sad as these mistakes are, they do not compare with the heartbreaking mistake of the parents. We are told that the testimony of the blind man did not convince the Pharisees concerning who Jesus was. In fact, they did not believe the blind man made whole actually had been blind at all. So they called in his parents and asked them, 
Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? The Pharisees said to themselves, If we can't prove that this person is lying, we'll just deny the miracle ever happened. The response of the parents is unbelievable, if it were not in the inspired scriptures. His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. That was the proverbial passing the buck. But they more than passed the buck. They lied. They knew who and they knew how the miracle had been done. Verse 22 explains why they said what they said. They feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. In other words, they buckled to peer pressure. They were more afraid of being put out of the synagogue than being out of God's will and grace. Ladies and gentlemen, we live at a time when many a preacher, elder, and Bible school teacher is buckling to peer pressure in the church. Evangelists and elders are intimidated by unholy, unfaithful, undedicated, uncommitted, ungodly members. They are reluctant to correct, rebuke, and instruct because of fear more of losing a number than losing a soul. Because of the fear of men, the church has degenerated in some places to be nothing more than a social gathering of unspiritual misfits. The standards of the Word of God have been lowered to accommodate people who have little fear or reverence of God or of God's chosen men. In some places, the entire local body of Christ has been infected. Evangelists are afraid of losing a paycheck. Elders are afraid of losing power and prestige. So taking rock-solid stands on crucial theological issues are a thing of the past. Sheep are not shepherded back in the flock with the shepherd's staff or the so spirit's sword. The church is so terrified of offending someone and being on the outside of denominational ecclesiasticism, the church of the New Testament is indistinguishable from the church of Babylon. How unlike the great giants of the Bible are those among us today because of the same mistake made by this man's parents. The mistake of thinking that the approval and acceptance of men is to be coveted more than the approval and acceptance of God. The ninth chapter of John is so depressing that I'm glad that we have finally reached the last mistake of this chapter, the mistake of the Pharisees. If you're saying to yourself, I thought you already covered that mistake, well, you're right, we have. But it is difficult to discuss all the mistakes of the Pharisees under only one heading. The Pharisees give us preachers more bullets than we can load into our gospel guns at one time. So one more time, let me shoot my gospel gun by telling you about one more mistake of the Pharisees. They had already accused Jesus of being a sinner in verse 16. 
But in verse 24, they accused him again of the same thing. And he told the healed man to give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. In other words, admit it right here and right now that this man Jesus is a sinner and is not who he says he is. The mistake of the Pharisees was their ignorance of how some of us refuse to be spiritually intimidated. From verse 25 through verse 38, this healed man took a bold stand for Christ even to the point of asking these godless Pharisees in verse 27, do you also want to become his disciples? His defense led to his being cast out of the synagogue. But so what? It wasn't composed of anybody but intimidated, ignorant, ill-advised religious leaders anyway. It was the best thing that could have happened to the healed man because when Jesus heard about it, he took a personal interest in the man and identified himself to him as the Son of God. It is a serious mistake, ladies and gentlemen, to kowtow to the crowd. The followers of Jesus Christ and his gospel have always been in the minority. We are a small army, but we are in the winning army. Many of our brethren have made the fatal mistake of deserting the army of God for the army of the God of this age because of their lack of courage and conviction for the gospel. One of the distinguishing characteristics of the early church was that she was led by men of courage and conviction. It is written of Peter and John following their arrest for preaching the gospel that now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. The five mistakes in John chapter 9, the mistake of the disciples, the mistake of the neighbors, the mistake of the Pharisees, the mistake of the parents, and the continuing mistake of the Pharisees. If you are a Christian, do not make these mistakes. Be faithful unto death. And if you are not a Christian, don't make the mistake of thinking you can make these mistakes and not be held accountable to God. You too can be healed this very day of the worst blindness of all, spiritual blindness. But you must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Only then will your eyes be opened to an entirely different world, the world of forgiveness and everlasting life in God's eternal, everlasting spiritual kingdom, the church that Jesus built. Make no mistake about that. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever near. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ.
Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh speaking, and you have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the gifts of Christians and Churches of Christ. Help us to preach all of the word to all of the world. Remember, thus saith the Lord, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today, for it is everlastingly too late. If you would like to receive a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message, or be added to our mailing list or our bi-monthly Gospel Defender Journal. Write to us today. All of these materials are free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I, C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at www.gospel-defender.org. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to do it right now. And now, until next time at this same time, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.